Hey, there we go. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. We apparently had some technical difficulties getting it started, but we're here. <laughs> so how's it going? Uh, let's introduce our panelists for today's show, and then we'll introduce our guests. Joining us today, we've got Alyssa Nichol. Alyssa, how's it going? Hey, everybody. And we've got Austin McDaniel with us. Austin, what's going on? How's it going? Good, good. Good now that we're started. Mike Brocky, what's going on, Mike? Oh, not too much. Uh, a little hitch in the giddy up there, getting started, but happy to have a fun show ahead of us. All right. And filling in for Bonnie today, we got Samantha Rhodes. Samantha, how's it going? Hi. I'm happy to be here. We are very happy to have you here. Looking forward to some good discussions. All right. And our topic today is the uh, CDK. And our guest is Jeremy Elborn. Jeremy, how's it going? Very good. I'm glad to be here. Yes, very glad to have you back. Uh, I've been on the show a couple times, so we're, we're always excited to have you on. And uh, we're talking CDK today, today, right? That's right. Wait, who's I... Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, do you want to give our viewers a little rundown of uh, what you got going on and stuff? Yeah, so hi, I'm Jeremy Elborn. I am the tech lead for both Angular Material and Angular CDK. And I have worked at Google for about six years and have been on the Angular team for about three years. Awesome. Awesome. So we're talking CDK. Now, I've heard it be material CDK, but you just said it was Angular CDK. Is there something different there that, that we're looking at now? Or Yeah, it, so it is just Angular CDK. The uh, I should actually say CDK stands for Component Dev Kit. And the idea is to provide a suite of helpers, utilities, and baseline components that anybody could use to build their own custom components that aren't tied to any visual design system, such as material design. We use the CDK to build Angular Material, but nothing in the CDK specifically ties it to that. Uh, we, we created the CDK uh, because we know that material design isn't for everyone because companies have their own branding, they have their own design system, their own designers, and they want their own aesthetic. So is the idea to take like the, the guts of what powers these components that are in uh, material and kind of extract that out, like I said, to, for reuse outside of that design and, and kind of like all the stuff that's in material right now and, and kind of get those, that functionality out or just select stuff? So it, it, that is the, the main goal. We always knew going into building Angular Material that we wanted to do this. Uh, because, you know, going back to AngularJS material, there were utilities as part of that library that people could use for building their own components, but they were very much tightly coupled to the use cases of the library and they were built into the library, so you couldn't get that code without also including all of the material design components. And we knew that there was this need uh, in the user space to be able to take the foundation upon which these reusable components were built to build your own reusable components. And so from the very beginning, we knew we wanted to do this and it became a matter of how we prioritized refactoring things and splitting things out as we developed them. So some things were developed in isolation from the very beginning. So one of the biggest pieces of code we have in the CDK is the overlay subpackage which is code for dealing with any kind of floating pop-up or panel. And we use this as the basis for the select autocomplete menu, tooltip, dialog, snack bar, uh, anything that opens up some kind of floating panel on the screen. And because we knew this was going to be used in so many different ways, uh, it was a very obvious candidate for a reusable utility that isn't tied to material design at all. And so a lot of things were like that, where we knew it was going to be separate. Um, and there were other things where we just built the Angular material component right off the bat, and then later decided to refactor it into the CDK. And how do you um, confirm and test that outside of material? Like, did you build another you know, um, 
library that that you simulated that sort of usage of the CDK in those two places, or was it kind of just testing and then the material? You know what I'm saying? Uh, we treat Angular Material as the main test ground for what is in the CDK. Uh, this obviously can sometimes lead to situations where the CDK is doing what Angular Material needs specifically, even though the, the code is general, the APIs might be tailored for what we need to do. Uh, and that's where we hope to get more community involvement so people give us feedback about their own use cases and how we can evolve the library to better suit the needs of the community at large. So from that community feedback, have you heard anything from the community of other um, component libraries that are built using the CDK that may be open source? Because I'm, I'm assuming some companies uh, have their own internals, but if you know of anything else uh, open source? Mm -hmm. Uh, so not yet. Uh, actually, the thing I hear the most from people is that they didn't know the CDK existed. <laughs> Uh, we have a handful of uh, people using it inside of Google, of course, for building their own you know, component suites, uh, like Google Cloud Platform, Firebase. A lot of our users inside of Google, they're, they're using these things to build components that are specific to their applications. But I haven't seen any component libraries out in the world yet that are using it. And part of that is due to timing, and part of it is just due to awareness. Uh, the timing being, uh, we released the CDK uh, a fair amount of time into when Angular uh, has been out for a while. So a lot of the people who had been building component libraries already had their foundations in place and didn't have a very compelling reason to refactor them to use new things. And the awareness is uh, a lot of people aren't aware that the CDK exists or that they think that it is part of Angular material. Uh, it's not, it just is. Uh, developed by the same team. Yeah, I'm really so, hopeful with with our episode here, we can help kind of raise that awareness and, and cover those topics that kind of identify why to use the CDK and stuff. Sure. Yeah. And if anyone on the internet using the CDK to build something open source, let Jeremy know. Yes. Send me a tweet. So you mentioned, you know, the overlay, which is pretty much used in every component. Uh, it handles like positioning elements, injecting them into the body and handling like scroll strategy and things like that. What are some other things that are in the CDK that, you know, people might, you know, want to know about? Right. So some of the highlights that I like to talk about is we have an accessibility sub package that has a handful of utilities for making your application or your components more accessible. This includes things like the list key manager, which deals with keyboard interactions for list patterns like selects, autocompletes, and uh, other lists that are embedded in a page. We have uh, focus trapping, which is used in things like dialogues and side navs for modal experiences where screen reader users should have their focus strained inside of a subsection of the page so that pressing the tab key doesn't escape from that region. Uh, if you don't do something like that with a modal dialogue, you can cause your users to kind of get lost. Yeah, I did. I've done a lot of testing actually with screen readers um, and it can be pretty painful. <laughs> so like to navigate and then once you're out of something to go back through it, like it's, it's pretty intense. So that's awesome. Right. Yeah, it's, it's one of the more challenging things about web front-end development. Uh, so there's that accessibility package. Uh, we have a BiDi package that has some helpers for building bidirectional components, so LTR, RTL. Uh, it's really just a, a pattern that you can apply to different components to make sure they're all reacting to RTL changes or RTL layouts in the same way. We have a sub-package called, uh, it's something we call portals, which are helpers for dynamic content creation or instantiation inside of an Angular application. Uh, if you've used ng-template outlet or ng-component outlet, it's very similar to that, but it provides a uniform way of saying, here's an empty slot, which is a, a portal outlet, uh, where I'm going to load some content and then defining a portal that represents the content to be loaded, and that content can be either a template ref-based content 
or component-based content, or uh, in the future, we'd like to expand it to just like, static HTML. And those outlets, it can be a directive on your page that you're loading content in, or it can just be a DOM element, uh, which we use for things like modal dialogues and snack bars, where, uh, or any of the overlay components, really where that content lives outside of your main Angular application, outside of the area that's bootstrapped. And so you want to load Angular stuff inside of a non-Angular context. It uh, helps you do that. And the portal can also, you know, dynamically, you know, we've had people come on in the past and talk about, like, dynamically creating components and things like that. And the portal can help you do that as well and basically just like specify the slot where you want to inject it. It's really powerful and it's something I think, you know, anyone that's like built a tooltip or a dialogue or something in Angular could really benefit from. Yeah, it's a it's a nice uh I like so there you can do everything Portal does with the APIs just from Angular core, but I like to see the portals as providing a layer of convenience so that Anytime you're doing this dynamic instantiation, you have this uniform layer to interact with instead of having to use uh, ng template outlet or ng component outlet and having to pick different ones where you might want to say, I just have a slot here for dynamic content regardless of what it might be. It's interesting because a lot of the stuff that you just covered and mentioned are things I think a lot of us have already built and done within our applications, right? And so this is certainly something that we can see that okay, we can eliminate that need to, to be doing this stuff and just kind of get that from the CDK and get on with building the other stuff that we care about, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's this, you know, going into building a new material, we knew that AngularJS had this, this challenge where you have so many different really great component libraries that are each reinventing these low-level patterns all over again and solving things in different ways and... The fact that they don't share code means that you're paying a high cost if you want to pick and choose components from multiple libraries. And part of the motivation for the CDK is thinking if multiple component libraries all use this common foundation, you are, one, ensuring a higher quality code by making a lot more people collaborate on these things, and two, making it so that if you do want to pick and choose components from different libraries, they are at least sharing that low-level uh, layer, and you're only paying for the extra stuff on top of that, the aesthetics um, for the individual components. I have a question. So I'm having a hard time thinking of a use case where it would not be good to use the CDK because it sounds like you can use it in anything and uh, you can pick and choose what you want to use it with. So if I wanted to use the CDK for a table, I don't necessarily have to use the CDK for accessibility or anything like that. Right. It is a suite of utilities and helpers and base components. And you're only going to you know, pay for the actual code that you're using if you are using the Angular CLI and the, the build optimizer and all of that. Um, so you're able to, when you have a particular challenge of like, I need to make something accessible or I need to build a custom table, you're able to go to the CDK and use that portion of it uh, without having to buy into any kind of uh, suite of components or visual system or anything like that. That is really cool. And I'm not actually currently using the CDK, but I'm definitely, I've been watching your talks at a couple different conferences and it seems really cool. So my two questions are one, do you have any tips for me or anybody who's not using it, who wants to start using it? Do you have any tips for things that would be good to know? And two, are there any use cases where maybe not, we shouldn't use the CDK or we should use the CDK, stuff like that? Uh, so as far as tips go, I think the my biggest tip would be to just try it out. Uh, the documentation for the CDK is uh, a little sparse right now, I'll admit. Uh, and so I wouldn't let that uh, kind of scare anyone away. It is, for the most part, you know, in my opinion, very simple to to pull down and start using. It's just Angular services and directives that you're already probably using every day. Absolutely. And if you 
you know, have any issues, then um, we're, we're very receptive to uh, responding to bug reports or feature requests on our repo. Um, and also the fact that the GitHub repo, it is the Angular material repo. Don't let that scare you away. It is not actually coupled to Angular material. It is just maintained by the same team, which is why it lives in that repo. And then your your second question, uh, when you when you wouldn't use it, uh, I'm not actually sure because if you uh, if you have a problem or a challenge where something in the CDK would help you solve that, then I think you should use it. Yeah. Uh, I guess you wouldn't use it if it's not actually solving anything for you. Right. So no, one thing, go ahead. Uh, one thing, you know, while there's not very much documentation, the good thing is that there is a ton of code throughout the entire material code base that uses it extensively. So if you're kind of having trouble like following something, all you got to do is find usages and start looking at how material is actually leveraging it. And you should be able to pick it up pretty quickly. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, we do build Angular material in part to serve as an example of the way we think Angular components should be built. And we try to keep the code as clean and readable and understandable as possible. And that applies to the CDK as well and how we use the CDK. So the code itself does serve, I think, as a very good example of using it. So I think on the topic of when do we use it and whatnot, another thing that we can kind of uh, discuss is like as an end user, do I need to just be thinking, okay, only when I'm building a, a redistributable component lib that I want to use the CDK or in my actual Angular app, should I be using the CDK? Like what, what's the perception around that and use case for that? So for all the panelists here, have any of you ever built an application where you didn't create a reusable component just for that application? Where we didn't create one? I'm right. confused by the double negatives, <laughs> single negatives. <laughs> no, every time I've created an application, I've had to create a reusable component within there, custom for it. Uh, yes, yes, that is, yeah. Right. To answer and clarify at the same time. Yeah, and so yeah, my point is that there is no application of any real size where you're not going to create some reusable components to be used throughout that application. Uh, and anytime you're creating a reusable component like that, whether it's scoped to one application or whether it's distributed for multiple applications, there are things in the CDK that can help you avoid reinventing the wheel uh, at the low level. Now, does it have to be reusable though? Like, let's say I have a feature component that's, a, a, you know, a screen that's just going to be used one time in my application, right? It's a it's a overview of orders or something like that, right? And I need some functionality that the CDK can provide. I mean, I could use that for that component as well, even though I have no intention of reusing that component. Would that be correct? But, yeah, you can use it for one-offs as well. It's just you'll get the, the most value out of it for reusable components since most of the utilities that we've created in the CDK are targeted towards things like form controls or overlay-based controls that generally are used uh, in multiple places. But if you're just using them in one place, it's, it's the same code either way. I think so it's the accessibility part that that kind of gets me thinking about that, right? Like I want accessibility everywhere. So if the CDK provides that, couldn't I leverage that? Or does that not make sense? Or it does. I mean, it's not uh, it's not a magic wand of make my application accessible. Uh, there are like specific utilities that solve specific uh, use case uh, interaction patterns, and if you are building a component that happens to use one of those patterns, then uh, it can help you there. So we got up on a tangent. What are some other stuff? Uh, what's some other things that are you know in the CDK? I mean, I can just start reading down the list. <laughs> uh, what are the ones that you know we care about? We really care about, right? Like, there's some in there that are pretty low level that, like, you know, might not be interesting to to everyone. 
So I would I, love to touch on the um, the schematics in version six. Yeah. So uh, I'll so I'll answer the schematics question first because that's fast. We don't have any schematics just for the CDK. Uh, all of the schematics we have in our our project are just for Angular material specifically. Uh, we would like to add some, but it hasn't uh, been a priority so far. Okay. Uh, so other stuff that is that in could, the CDK. That could be a cool thing. How to set up a component library using the CDK via schematic. Yeah. You want to send a PR for that, Berkey? Maybe next week. Mike li loves giving himself work. <laughs> if you didn't know, this is a, this is a feature request for CLI episodes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, talking about some other stuff that's there, uh, we have a uh, data table, the CDK data table. Our, our material data table is based on top of this. And the Angular material data table is literally just CSS on top of the CDK table. There is no functionality added for the Angular material table. It's all the CDK functionality. And it provides a way of doing templated data tables, uh, which uh, is sometimes challenging with uh, native tables because you don't have uh, very good control over how your columns are rendered. So the CDK table supports templated cells and rows with uh, dynamic columns. So you can change the columns at runtime or rearrange them. And it has a, I think, very elegant data source pattern for the way you provide data into that data table, uh, which also allows the table to make more intelligent decisions about how it's going to render that data out. And just recently, we added support for sticky headers and sticky columns to that table as well. And I think if you are building an Angular data table of your own, it is a really good foundation to build on top of. Uh, the table is very unopinionated. It doesn't have any styles associated with it at all. It is just rows of cells. Um, it supports both native table elements, so table TR, TD, as well as an alternate uh, display flex-based layout system for the table. So you can use the one that's most appropriate to your use case. Um, obviously, the native table has some adv adv advantages that the the display flex table doesn't because the native table, you can do things like row span and call span right out of the box. Um, the accessibility for a native table is always going to be more straightforward than that for the custom element version. Uh, but both of them are supported APIs. Uh, similar to the table, we have a tree uh, that works the same way where it is an unstyled base component. The Angular material tree is built on top of it and, again, just really adds CSS without any uh, additional logic. Uh, there's a stepper component in the CDK as well for wizard-like interfaces when you have uh, step-based workflows. And that is an interesting one because it doesn't actually deal with any templating. It just has the logic and behavior for the stepper. And when you use that, and like when you take that CDK version and you're building on top of it, you're providing the templates and the styles for the steps and the stepper workflow where the CDK can handle a lot of the logic about proceeding to the next step or previous step or jumping the steps or marking steps as complete. Does that stepper support uh, routing? Does it? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it does. Um, but I think out of the box, it acts. Uh, so it, it's helpful to look at it through the lens of accessibility. And for that, it acts like tabs. Cool. So uh, another question about the stepper. So does it support dynamic steps? So if maybe we're doing some sort of questionnaire where the following questions may be dynamic based upon previously given answers, is that supported? Uh, I believe it does. Uh, I think the steps are set um, like programmatically, so they can change dynamically. Okay, I, I know some of the looked at it though, so I'm I might I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one. 
Yeah, I just I've worked with some in the past that it, everything needed to be defined up front and no flexibility of hey, you want to change things? Sorry, you got to roll your own. But it's just curious. Like I have my editor up. I'll like sneakily look at it while I'm talking. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to change gears if uh, you didn't mind. Uh, we had talked a lot about the different things that the CDK offers, but we really didn't talk about any of the API of how you take advantage of it. Um, is there, being that it's a component-based library, but you get to essentially roll your own styles with it, are we talking about offering services, directives, components, pipes? What kind of uh, things make up the surface area of the CDK? Uh, it's all of the above, uh, except for pipes. We don't have any pipes right now, uh, although we could in the future. Uh, so taking just kind of a tour of the things I've talked about, that in the accessibility package, that list key manager I talked about for dealing with keyboard interactions for lists, that is just a plain TypeScript class. Uh, it's not an Angular construct at all. Uh, the focus trap is both a service and a directive for uh, the service handles the actual bit logic, and then the directive is simply using the service to set up a focus trap on that particular region. And the BIDI stuff is there's a service called directionality, as well as a directive that matches on the native dir attribute uh, to inform the injection of that service uh, what direction you're currently in. Uh, the overlay includes both the service overlay as well as classes that it uses for the position strategy and the scrolling strategy and directives for creating overlays uh, declaratively in your template. Uh, the, the directives like the table, those are actually components that you can either use directly inside of your own templates and wrap or components that you could extend and use that way. And so how do we get started with it? Like if we're in an Angular CLI project, we ng-add? Uh, you, you just uh, install uh, Angular CLI and you should be good to go. Uh, there's no additional setup needed beyond installing it for the CDK. That is so, so cool. We didn't talk about my favorite thing uh, in the CDK, the virtual scroll. It's Austin. <laughs> Oh, so the virtual scroll is coming soon. It is not yet released. Uh, it is in preview. Uh, we have a separate package called, um, it's at angular slash CDK dash experimental. And that is where we put the code that is in progress, where we would like community feedback, but it isn't stable enough to put it in the full library. So we publish this in this alternate experimental package. And you can use it from there, but the stable version should be coming relatively soon. I won't commit to a specific date. What is virtual scroll? I'm a little confused. Why is it so cool? Uh, so virtual scrolling is a technique that you would use when you have a large amount of data you want to render, but you don't want to render it all at once because that would cause the browser to slow down quite a bit. The light in my room just turned off. Yeah. Turn that back on. <laughs> uh, in particular, uh, 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 a very good example is for data tables. So say you have a thousand rows of data you'd like to render out. It's not very useful to render out that whole thousand rows when only 12 of them will fit on your screen at a given time. And so the idea behind virtual scrolling is that you render out those 12 rows that fit on your screen and maybe a couple on either side of that. And then as you scroll, additional rows are being rendered as you, as you move through the list and rows that have been scrolled out of view are removed so that you're only seeing the set of rows that are useful to you in the current viewport. That sounds super cool and super helpful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the features that people have been asking about for a long time, and it will be landing very soon uh, for fixed size items, and then a little bit beyond that, we'll be doing 
the adaptive size items or uh, mixed item sizes. Uh, both the code for both is there right now, uh, but the adaptive adaptive size items needs a little bit more work to make sure that the performance is up to what we're happy with. When something goes uh, live in the CDK, is it basically like just a matter of pressing a button for it to be like in material as well, or is it a lot of work to make sure it's like same features in both? So the so the virtual scrolling, for example, is it just lives in the CDK, and then a follow up to landing that in the CDK is going to be us to start to consuming it in Angular Material, and that will be something we're working on over the next couple of quarters. Is then taking that virtual scrolling and applying it to the select component and the autocomplete and the data table and so on. Will it be something that you like opt into, or is it just like it works like that by default? It would probably be something that you turn on or off. Uh, we're not totally sure on the best way to set the defaults just yet. Uh, it's still pretty far out uh, in the on the Angular Material side. Okay. So with the sneak peek into the future with the uh, virtual scrolling, um, is there anything else on the roadmap that you're able to share? Oh, yes. So uh, drag and drop is something I've been talking about over and over again that still hasn't made an appearance. And you should start seeing PRs for CDK drag and drop start landing within the next week. Uh, our, so is that now when you mentioned that's dropping into the CDK, is that pretty much to the point where I could just drop a directive that says, hey, this thing is draggable and put a, a directive on something else that says, hey, I can be dropped here? Or is it a little bit more rudimentary where you have to define those things yourself? It's exactly that. It's there will be a CDK drag and a CDK drop directive. Uh, that says, hey, this thing is draggable, or hey, this thing is a drop zone. That is so cool. Uh, and then also, uh, Austin is uh, sitting quietly here, but he's working on a selection suite of behaviors and directives for the CDK as well. Ooh, tell us more, if you're allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so like one of the like common things that you do with you know lists or you know tables or trees uh, is like you want to like select various different options and even checkboxes actually you want to like select various different options and you want the ability to like shift click or just like single click and control click and things like that like very much what uh, like Mac Finder feels like, where you can make selections like that. And so this is like a higher order selection directive that you can just like apply to those like various different components. So will those like with the selection one as well as the drag and drop one, will there be services that we could subscribe to? So for the drag and drop one, I don't think there's any anything that's service-based in it yet, although the, obviously the PRs haven't even been open yet, so it's still a work in progress. Uh, for the selection, we already have something in the CDK right now that is a selection model, which uh, it's just a data model for dealing with single selection or multi-selection. And the main thing that Austin is doing is creating directives that interact with that to let you declaratively set that selection state. So is there anything else that's on the horizon that's maybe that's in material right now that hasn't been moved over to the CDK yet in terms of functionality that's on the roadmap? Yeah, we have a lot of things that are currently in material that we do want to do a refactoring pass on and split out the core behavior into the CDK. We have a dialogue in CDK experimental right now. Uh, it's been sitting there for a while because it hasn't been uh, it, it, kind of took, uh, it got put kind of on the back burner in the light of other priorities, but it's something we'd like to come back to so we can make a CDK version of the modal dialogue, since that's a very common interaction pattern. 
I'd also like to do CDK SVG. Uh, so we have this uh, component in Angular Material called Matte Icon, which allows you to embed SVGs into your HTML document so that you can animate them and style them. But it is very much done in a way that is specific to how material design prescribes adding icons and styling icons. And we would like to create a more general version of that in CDK SVG that lets you take any arbitrary SVG and apply it and scale it and use whatever aspect ratios that you want. Yes, please. Awesome. I, I think a lot of us are excited about that. <laughs> uh, and those are things where it's definitely on our backlog, but so far haven't been a high enough priority to be worked on compared to some of the other things we've been doing. You know, you so do you guys suggest people just like working on it, like making PRs, or is that not how your team uh, rolls? Definitely <laughs> not. Uh, if you, uh, and unfortunately we've had to do this before, someone puts a lot of work into a PR and then just sends it to us out of the blue and we have to turn it down because it isn't really in line with our vision or our direction. And so the very best thing to do is to open an issue with your proposal and start a discussion from there. Uh, we will usually always ask for a design doc and that goes into how does this play with accessibility and internationalization. Um, and sometimes we as well, we have to turn things down just because we don't have the resources to maintain them. Uh, even in Angular Material, people have sent PRs for like whole completed components. And we really aren't able to accept that sometimes because we don't have the resources to maintain that on our end and to commit to maintaining it in the future. And to be okay. clear, you're, you're talking about new functionality there. If somebody oh, I was talking about like the SVG one. If somebody wanted to like work on that, yeah, like I mean, it's it's if someone open, really wants to to work on something like that, they can open an issue and uh, start having a discussion with us about how they could help. But I was I was trying to clarify is that if somebody wants to fix a bug, feel free. Oh, yeah. Bug fixes are always welcome. Bug fixes are always welcome. So you talked a little bit earlier about, and it was kind of just you know a small little comment about um, how material as well as like CDK kind of illustrates how you think authoring components should be done or is it an effective way to do that? Um, something that we can learn from, right? If we start using this and, and kind of dig under the covers and see how that's done and, and identify these patterns and, and practices that are kind of shown there. Mm -hmm. uh I don't know. If I, I guess I really have a question. <laughs> I just wanted to talk quickly about that um, because I think you know a lot of people mentioned. We have some people in the chat that mentioned that like they've dug into the CDK and, and material and have learned a lot about these patterns and stuff from seeing what uh, the team has done there in that code. Um, and so there's stuff that we can then take and learn and apply to our own component architecture and build out and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I think. So. The code we have today is a good example in a lot of places. Maybe there are places where it isn't. No, no library is ever perfect. Uh, but for the most part, I think we do a good job of having clean code that is, is following Angular best practices. And if it's not, at least has a very good reason why it isn't. <laughs> I think probably in terms of things of like flowing data in with inputs and outputs and form stuff and stuff like that, there's probably a lot of really good examples there of, of how you can kind of tackle these patterns that are that we are trying to explore and learn on our own, right? And then trying to experiment with. Yeah, yeah. And I really do hope people are able to go to Angular Material and the CDK to, to find those examples if they're unsure about how to do something. So, would one think about like maybe extending the CDK? Let's say they, uh, I want to use the CDK and I want to add some more functionality and I want to kind of add functionality that works in the same manner as the CDK. Would that be an, an approach that we might take? So extending is a, it's not the word I would use since 
The CDK is really a collection of different utilities, all centered around building reusable components. And so if there is something that would be a really good fit for it, it would be great to you know, open a discussion about contributing that back into it. If there's something that isn't really a fit for it, but it still helps with component design in your own application, that's just code in your application. <laughs> uh, I don't really know what you, you would mean specifically by extending it. I guess if I'm thinking like, okay, I've got my application that I'm working on. I want to create a module library for my application that, you know, a lot of cases I'm using, I want to use a CDK, but I want something that's like a service or directive in the CDK and I want to organize it in my own code base. So maybe I have my CDK, right? right. Um, but could I kind of collect it together with my CDK plus the Angular CDK to make the one CDK to rule them all for my applications, right? Yeah, you could like you could approach it as saying, uh, how am I going to architect my application? And you have this low level set of utilities that go into building reusable components, then that go into building up like page views. And that low level set of foundational utilities could include the CDK as well as utilities that are specific to your application. Yeah, because I think that, like, for me, I, I would find it, I'd go, okay, look, the CDK, it has these nice patterns and these things that I want to do. So now anytime I want to do the same sort of thing in mine, I'd kind of want to model it after that if I'm using that. So I kind of have cohesion across the board with that. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, certainly cool. So uh, what else we got? Uh, any other future stuff planned for it? Um, uh I mean, long, so there, like, like I mentioned, the drag and drop, there's the selection, the virtual scrolling coming soon, dialogue, the SVG, and then longer term, I would like to explore uh, taking the canonical accessibility interaction patterns and encoding them in the CDK so that you have like CDK list box, CDK combo box, uh, CDK tabs, so that they cover the core of those interaction patterns that then the Angular Material and other component libraries could base on top of. Beyond that, I think it will just be a kind of a natural growth of adding things as we need them in Angular Material or as we hear from the community about what would be useful to them. Do you use anything like a storybook or playground or anything like that to work these individual components in isolation as you build them and, and deal with them and work with them? Uh, we don't. We just have our own development application that we just throw stuff into. <laughs> so at, um, at NGConf 2018, uh, a couple weeks ago, you, a couple months ago now, you um, mentioned the CDK version six that was just on the verge of coming out. Yep. And that did come out? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the versions of the CDK and Angular Material are synced at major versions with Angular itself. And so when yep. Angular six comes out, Angular CDK and Angular Material six also come out. And when seven and eight come out, it will be the same. Right, right, yes, duh. So um, you had some really, really cool things in your presentation that were coming out with version six. And I, that's what, uh, I went back a little bit and I looked at your talk and, um, and I kind of got my question a little bit more um, precise. So when I talked about schematics earlier, you mentioned in your, um, and you showed it a little bit in your talk at ng-conf, you were doing ng-add and using that, which is super, super cool. And the ng-add, you just, you run ng-add and you just add, whatever to your project, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. So um, the schematics I was a little bit confused about because it looked like you were using the schematics in the CDK. Can you just talk just a little bit about that? Because I'm not sure exactly where I'm getting lost, but I do want to hear a little bit more about the schematics with the CDK. Right, so the schematics we have today for ng-add, for Angular Material, you can use ng-add, Angular Material, and it will install both material and the CDK and do some setup for making sure you have a theme and making sure you have material design icons and the Roboto font. 
With the CDK, there's actually no extra setup if you're just using that. And so if you do ng-add Angular CDK, it's equivalent to just saying npm install Angular CDK. Uh, so it doesn't actually have to have a schematic since there's no additional work that's needed. For the other schematics we have, uh, they are specific to Angular Material. So Angular Material schematics for things like scaffold me out a data table view or a navigation uh, like a navigation side nav with a toolbar and a main content. Right, and that's exactly what you were doing in your talk. Which right. Was super, super cool. And all of that is specifically Angular Material views. Uh, we don't have any schematics that are going to uh, bring you up, say, a reusable component scaffold that's using the overlay or anything like that. All right. Okay. I got you. Okay, that makes sense. But I could totally see having a schematic to say, I want to make a new data table, right, component, and that's going to be from the CDK, right, and utilize the CDK under the hood. And so I could ng generate my data table component. Right, definitely. That's not material, right? Just the CDK. Right, yeah. There, definitely there are use cases where it would be valuable. Uh, I think so far we've been trying to do schematics for the things people would generate over and over again. And so things like dashboards or address forms, uh, those are going to be something that come up very often and people will want to generate frequently. Uh, whereas something like creating a custom data table is probably something you would do once in a project ever. And so it's less of a priority to do schematics for those things. So what about the, um, you know, if we want to take on, say we have our own design, right? And we want to utilize the CDK and apply our own layer of design, like what Material does. How big of a venture is that, uh, you know, for us to take on? I mean, creating a design system is a rather large undertaking uh, that is something multiple designers would spend anywhere from you know several months to a year on uh, or multiple years i mean material design inside of google has a very large group that is working on it and constantly evolving it um, obviously you know that's google if you're at a smaller company smaller organization you might not have such a large scope of work but Creating a design system is a, a decently large undertaking, uh, but many corporations, many companies do have design teams that do this in order to really have a brand or that is specific to their their company. So let's say I have that right, the Angular Air design, you know, um, pattern, and I want to now use the CDK to get the functionality, but then I just want to apply my style on top of that. Like, um, in the case, you, you mentioned some stuff where, you know, it exposes some things so you could do the classes and the styling, like for the data table or whatnot. Um, I guess my question is like, how, how much, how close can we get to, or how rapidly can we get to styling these things that we build with the CDK to get them to kind of feel that? Or is there still a whole lot of things that we may need to like run into or, or catches that we might run into in terms of trying to style the things that we build with the CDK? Yeah. So for things like the tree and the data table, it's pretty straightforward because the structure is already there. You're just applying styles on top of it. Uh, for the stepper, it's you are authoring the template for your stepper because steppers can manifest in a myriad number of ways. They can be horizontal, they can be vertical, they can be compact, or they can be entire page. And so the template for that is always going to be specific to the application. Um, and then for the rest of the CDK, it is not really something that you just take in style. Uh, they're really just the building blocks that you use to create components. And so you're still, if you're creating your own like select component, your own autocomplete, your own checkbox, there are things there that will help you and prevent you from having to reinvent this really low level behavior. But as far as the templating and the styling goes, uh, that is going to be really in the component itself. Uh, there's still a fair amount of work that would go into building your own reusable components. So on the YouTubes, Chaos Monster asked, how about the API of the CDK? How will you handle breaking changes? 
Uh, it's the same way as the rest of the Angular platform. We only do breaking changes at major versions, obviously. Uh, anything that any APIs that we're changing or removing, they'll be deprecated for at least two major versions before they're taken out. And there are patch releases every week. There are minor releases uh, based on features. Uh, it's all the, the same strategy as Angular and Angular Material. Cool. Well, we're getting to the end of the show, so I guess we better wrap it up. Any last things about the CDK we want to plug in? Mike? One last comment. I want to just take a second and speak for the community and say thank you for the amount of effort you've put into engineering material and the CDK, CDK being separate from material to allow other people to build different um, front-end component libraries using the tooling that you've already created by separating the two uh, into distinct entities. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for being a part of the community and using it. Very, very much agree. Very much agree. Um, and I'll plug, before I go, uh, some of the talks I've given in the past. So at ng-conf 2018, I spoke a little bit about what's going on in the CDK and some of the future stuff we're doing. And at Angular Mix 2017, I gave a talk where I built a color picker component on stage in, in less than 20 minutes using the CDK. Oh, um, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, the overlays, some of the accessibility utilities, um, and some of the Bidai code as well. Was it, did anything go wrong? No, it went perfectly. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> nice, nice. The key is to practice 30 times before. For sure, for sure. All right, should we do some quick picks before we wrap it up? Anybody have any picks? I kind of do. All right, go for it. Jeremy stole mine. My pick was actually going to be his talks. And I just wanted to say his talks, I've watched all of them. And they are super good and very, very understandable. He breaks everything down. Um, but he, he shamelessly plugged his own talks and stole my pick. So all in one, one fatal swipe. So they're really good talks, though. Cool. All right, anyone else have any picks? Going once. Going twice. Is this just tech stuff? It could be whatever. It could be whatever. tech, non-tech, whatever's interesting that you find interesting that you want to share. I played an indie game called Moonlighter recently. Shut your face right now. It was very fun. I am addicted to that game right now. Do you play PC? I'm on Xbox. Uh, yeah, I played it on the PC. I beat it already, and it was... Yeah, it went by really fast, it didn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a very self-contained experience, but I enjoyed it while it lasted. Yeah, it's this awesome dungeon crawler, but like during the day you get to sell your wares that you get in the dungeon in your little shop. I freaking, I waited like, cause I heard about it a year ago. So this whole time I'm like, when is it going to drop? <laughs> Moonlighter, you guys got to check it out. I love that game. Nice. I always love the game plugs. I see you playing it all the time, Melissa. And I'm like, what, what are you playing? Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, tag. I saw tag. It was funny. It's a movie about these grown men that have been playing this game of tag. It's like a true story for like 30 years. It's really funny. I don't know. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I love that movie. It was so good. You're it, Alyssa. Nice. Nice. All right. Any last thing that we can tell our viewers, Jeremy, about uh, the CDK that we can get them inspired to use it? I would say just go and try it out. Spend 20 minutes trying to build a color picker if you go in and watch my talk and then try to build a color picker yourself and see how you feel about it and then go from there hopefully it will solve some problems that you're trying to deal with in your own application awesome all right jeremy thanks a lot for coming on we really appreciate you sharing your time and, and joining us and talking about cdk thank you thank you for having me anytime anytime all right take it easy thanks for joining us later <laughs>